Hello and welcome to the Alcohol Free Vibes podcast, a high vibe space where we talk about all things spirituality, manifestation, raising our vibrations and walking away from the manifestation block that is alcohol. Whether you're newly sober, sober curious or you've been sober for a long time, this is the place for you if you want to learn more about spirituality, manifestation and how letting go of alcohol can make you so much more powerful at manifesting. It's time to stop drinking, start living, raise our vibrations and step into our manifestation power. Let's get started. Hello and how are you all today? I can't believe we are now in October. Uh, time just flies, doesn't it? Um, it really, really does. And I love October because for me, October means time to make chutney, my famous chutney. Um, time to watch Practical Magic and Hocus Pocus. And certainly as I, as I develop my spiritual practice and as I get older and older, I really... Uh, understand and connect with the spiritual world out there so much more those films mean so much more to me than they than they did in the 90s when I thought they were just hocus pocus literally um so let me know what you're doing to to celebrate October are you a Halloween person what 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 things are you really really enjoying about this autumn now um I really love this time of year I really enjoy the run up to Christmas um, and fireworks night and Halloween and and all these lovely festivals that we have to enjoy and certainly while I was living in Dubai um, I didn't get to celebrate fireworks night so I'm really really looking forward to celebrating that this year. So welcome to this week's podcast. In this week's podcast, um, I am discussing the inner child with you. So this is the second in my kind of mini tutorial series that I'm running. So last week I talked to you about um, our shadow and how to integrate our shadow to raise our vibrations and our self-worth to manifest more. And this week I am discussing our inner child. So what is our inner child and why do we need to heal it? Well, I'm kind of going to answer the second part of that question first, really, with the why and link our shadow and our inner child together. Because our shadow self and our inner child um, were both coined originally by the psychologist Carl Jung. Uh, and we looked at our shadow last week, our repressed part of ourselves, the parts of ourselves that we reject um, and that we repress. And our inner child is another part of our psyche. And it's 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 our experiences um, that we went through from the ages of naught to seven. Um, and we we all have small T and some of us have big T trauma as well from, from those ages. And that little person really still lives in us that little person who feels vulnerable who feels sad who feels um 
all the things that we thought felt when we were small um, and often these these still pop up in our adult life and they certainly pop up in terms of the way that we might have maladaptive coping practices so Lazarus and Folkman the theorist I think it's 1984 um, coined the term maladaptive and adaptive coping mechanisms and drinking and any kind of addictive behavior is, is what we call a maladaptive coping mechanism so really, so much of our um, adult behaviour that might be holding us back or frustrating us, these negative loops that we might be in, often link back to our unhealed inner child that we're, we're actually just trying to self-soothe all the time. Um, and so much of the modern world really is just um, adults who with wounded inner children inside them just trying to self-soothe the way that we numb and anaesthetize ourselves all the time we're trying to soothe our inner child but you know when we go on an alcohol-free journey and we stop numbing and anaesthetizing we we get to actually heal the inner child instead we get to stop putting that band-aid on there and actually heal the wound and listen to the way that I just said that. I don't say we have to. I said we get to. And why do I say it like that? Because when we heal our inner child properly, we authentically raise our vibrations. When we're healing our inner child and we're integrating our shadow, we're increasing our self-worth. We're stepping into our authentic selves. And the more worthiness we have, the more worthy we feel, then the higher vibration are the things that we manifest in our lives. Remember, the life that we manifest is really a reflection of our self-worth. So that's an interesting concept, isn't it? Take a moment now to have a look around yourself. Where are you? What does your home look like? What does your life look like? What does your job look like? What do your relationships look like? Because these are all manifestations that are reflecting exactly where your self-worth is right now we only manifest that which we think we are worthy of and when we really want to up level upscale our manifestations we have to start from the inside work we have to start with healing our inner child and unblocking our shadow and integrating it so that we can really raise that self-worth and what we we feel we deserve and we move towards a different vibration so um, a definition um, that I found of inner child is it's the forgiving, free-spirited part of us that still feels and experiences life like a child. So our inner child isn't just about oh, what we need to heal. Um, it's not just about, oh, I need to... Uh, I was listening to a podcast actually last week, the Expanded podcast, and somebody was talking on there about healing their inner child and they realised that they'd been metaphorically putting a gun to their inner child's head and saying, heal! Um, it's not just about healing the wounds that the inner child has, it's also about creating a relationship with and celebrating and nurturing our inner child. And our inner child is our free-spirited, playful side. Um it's a side of us that likes to be creative and in the modern world as adults how often are we really meeting the needs of our inner child how when's the last time you baked cookies when's the last time you did something really playful that made you feel alive when's the last time you built a snowman or watched a disney film 
All of these things really speak to our inner child and they're actually quite bespoken and unique to us because we all had different experiences as children. We had different things that comforted us and brought us joy as children. So really, really nourishing, fun journaling activity to do is actually to just start to make a list of what did you love doing when you were small and see if you can start to reintegrate some of those things. So for me, um, and this is where you know, we're all really unique and why we really need to think about our own experience because I know this is not the same for everybody. But for me, as a child, I used to self-soothe with books, probably with chocolate as well. Um, To be honest, um, I did get bullied when I was at school. I went to an all-boys primary school that had just let girls in. So there was a lot of self-soothing that went on there because there was quite a lot of, lot of uh, teasing in the playground that my, my innocent little inner child brain um, or childish brain um, kind of took quite harshly. Um, so obviously um, the soothing with food <laughs> is something that I am always working on. Um, but the the books, I did kind of identify with Matilda a lot. So my parents were amazing. They were not like Matilda's parents, thankfully. Um, but I did identify with her in the way that she would find an escape through books and I remember finding the library just such a safe calm um, wonderful place I used to love to hide in and read books at lunchtime so for me a way of connecting with my inner child is through curling up with a really good fiction book um, hot chocolate um, and cuddly toys I loved teddy bears when I was little um, but I know for many other people the way that they might connect with their inner child might be completely different it might be through doing gymnastics it might be through um, um, playing playing hockey like they did when they were at school or baking or all sorts of things and of course baking definitely um, is something that I love to do to connect with my inner child but the point I'm making here is that It's really helpful to look at your specific experience um, and to um, really use that um, as your springboard for how you can develop a relationship with your inner child. Going back to the um, point about healing our inner child now. So our inner child, sorry, when we are children, um, between the ages of naught to seven, we are actually on a completely different brainwave to what we are now as adults. So we are on a beta brainwave as adults. Um, and when we are children, we are on a theta brainwave. So from the ages of naught to seven, we're on this brainwave. And this is the brainwave that we go into uh, when we are in deep hypnosis We also go into theta when we are on the way to falling asleep as we move into delta brainwaves and um, as we are waking up as well. Um, So those are called the hypnagogic and the hypnopompic phases. Um, So when we are children then, we are basically a walking subconscious mind. And I don't know if you can kind of recall now being small, but can, can you remember just watching the world around you and not actually judging anything. I can definitely remember doing that. I can remember just watching things, watching the TV, watching people, and I didn't have an opinion on it. I just remember thinking, hmm, I'm just taking it all in. And it's as we we, we get, get older, we start to, um, you know, try and make sense of things in a slightly more conscious way. We have an opinion on things. We judge things. We categorize things. We try and fire things away in our brain in, in a different kind of way because we're on a different brainwave. So 
are kind of like little video recorders when we are walking around um, when we're small um, and we take everything literally. So our brain is following exactly the same rules that um, our subconscious brain does as an adult, which is we take everything literally. We only understand positive statements. Um, we don't really think about the past or the future. We are just fully in the present moment. Um, so this is why um, if you tell a child, do not drop that, they will probably drop it because all they hear is drop that. They don't understand the negative. I can actually remember this happening when I was baking with my mum when I was quite small. We had one egg left in the house and she said, "We whatever you do, don't drop that because it's the only egg we've got left. And then I straight away <laughs> dropped it. Um, so yeah, our brains were functioning very differently so we're little video recorders we're taking everything in and we're using what we take in to kind of lay down computer programs um, that we are then operating our reality from so some of these programs are really really helpful um, you know some of the computer programs are you know if you watch a very small child playing they are laying down programs around what happens when I push this ball and what happens if I drop this and what happens when I squeal really loudly and all these different things, we're trying to work out through our interactions with the world what our rules of reality are. And that's really what playing is all about. And that's also what testing boundaries are about when we're small. And that's why children do need healthy boundaries because they they want to um, to experiment with their reality by pushing against them seeing what happens um, and it's all about how they are learning how they will function as an adult so a helpful program um, for example might be I am loved so many people um, may well lay down that program as a child many people may not um, it's also possible to have some slightly conflicting programs. So you might have the program I am loved, but you might also have the program I am ignored. Many older children have this program um, because it is actually traumatic for children when you've been the only child, um, which obviously all older children are the only child at some point, um, and then their sibling comes along. However much you may end up loving them and being very close to them. Um, I'm very close to my sister now and I absolutely love her so much. Um, she's such a gift. We inspire each other so much and support each other so much. I'm so, so, so grateful that um, my parents had my sister. But in my two-year-old brain, um, I felt rather ignored all of a sudden that there was this other person that needed attention. I can't remember this um, properly myself, but I have found out through questioning from my parents that um, part of the reason why my sister was not breastfed for as long as I was was because every time my mum sat down to try and breastfeed my sister, I would find a million reasons to get her attention. Like, oh, I need to I need the potty, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty. And my mum said she used to set like everything out on the lounge floor, like the potty, a drink, some food, like everything, toys I could possibly want. And I would always find something else um, that she would need to get so that I could distract her attention from breastfeeding my sister. So this is such a common thing that happens when um, 
a, a second sibling comes along and why you might lay down the program as a small child I'm ignored um, now we can see things like this coming up in adult life um, through how we are triggered so just like with shadow we can start to discover what some of our unhelpful programs are from our inner child um, by looking at our triggers so our triggers are those moments that pull us out of alignment uh, when we feel in a lower vibrational state, we feel uncomfortable feelings. And these uncomfortable feelings are really, really helpful. They are our subconscious, our inner guidance system, directing us towards what we need to heal next in order to up level and take us further up that um, scale of self-worth towards manifesting higher and higher vibration experiences, things, people, etc. So when you notice you are triggered, this is one of like, I think one of the most important manifestation practices there are, which is listening to our triggers, recognizing them and really making sense of them. So when we're feeling triggered, yes, giving ourselves some time to process the fact that we're just not feeling great and then getting that journal out and asking ourselves, okay, how am I feeling? Where has, has this feeling come from? is this my feeling or is this something that I've been told that I should feel or is this a way I've been told I should behave as a child that's now making me feel triggered um, and can I actually identify the memory when I first adopted this idea or this way of thinking or this way of being now sometimes when we ask this question we can really quickly go oh actually no I remember that memory now the thing about um mini traumas or even big traumas mini traumas um we tend to remember pain unless it was so traumatic that we've dissociated from it disassociated from it sorry um which means we, we will have repressed it and we might not remember it um but usually we you know some of the memories that we remember from our very earliest points in childhood are that they're all to do with pain and being upset that said um we still have lots and lots of memories that we might not consciously think about very much that are kind of all deep down there in our subconscious mind so if you can't identify a memory um when you first adopted this idea or this thing that's upsetting you and you want to really start to delve a bit deeper this is where strategies like meditation uh, self-hypnosis and dream work can really start to support us with our healing and our manifestation practice so something you can do is just um, get yourself in a really relaxed day. Even I, I quite like getting into bed when I do this and putting an eye mask on, putting some relaxing music on, getting myself really, really relaxed and asking my subconscious to take me to the memory um, when I first felt like this. And then just let your mind drift and see what comes up for you. Now, the really important thing to do when you come up from this meditation is to journal because just like with dreaming, um, often when we're we're playing, we're messing around, not messing around, when we're exploring and feeling around in our subconscious, when we come back to our conscious reality, we can forget our dreams and we can forget our what's come through in our meditation quite quickly. And when we really want to pick it apart and make sense of it, it's really good to start journaling on it and start analysing it straight away. So you can use meditation. And when I, I use meditation and kind of self-hypnosis loosely here, because... <sighs> The line between them is very blurry. Um, hypnosis is basically getting ourselves into that better brainwave when we can start to rewire um, and input new beliefs into our brain. 
So if you're doing meditation really consciously, if you're relaxed enough and if you're exploring um, mantras or um, old memories that you are replaying and rewiring and, and adapting and changing, then it's kind of hypnosis really. Um, and it's important to recognise here that our subconscious mind cannot tell the difference between reality and imagination. So we actually can go back to old memories um, of, of traumas um, and we can rewire them, we can replay those memories, we can change them, we can show our subconscious, no that's not what happened, this is what happened. We can change the story around what happened. Because remember, everything in life that we do is we create a story around it. Um, and many people, just like many newspapers, might have a very different story on exactly the same situation, just as we can in our own lives. And the stories that we create around our behaviour, who we are, what we do, what happened to us, really affect how we see ourselves and also what we then pick up on, what our reticular activating system picks up on in the future and what things we notice and react and respond to. So it really is key to manifestation. So if we can change that story around what happened, then we find ourselves um, really changing our identity and up-leveling. Now I'm going to add a word of caution here because I'm talking about reprogramming trauma and I really do mean small t trauma here, okay? If you have a big t trauma, I really urge you, do not try and do this work on your own. Um, I don't want you to re-traumatise yourself. Um, if you have big T trauma that you want to work through and reprogram, I highly recommend seeing an EMDR therapist um, or a therapist that is specialised in trauma recovery so that you can do this in a safe way with somebody that is fully qualified on guiding you and keeping you keeping you safe really from it so that you're not bringing up a lot of trauma that's going to re-traumatise and upset you again. But going back to small t trauma, when we are looking at that small t trauma, um, another thing we can do is actually use our dream states to help us play around with and reprogram this. So first of all, just starting to really take note as to what we're dreaming um, and what this is showing us um, about what's going on in our subconscious. Now, some of you might be listening to this and saying, I don't remember my dreams. Well, we 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 can remember our dreams but it kind of have to practice because the more we try and remember them the more that we reflect on them we talk about them we write them down the more we're training ourselves to remember our dreams so just start to consciously really look for them um, notice them to, and, and write them down as much as you can and think about what they might be showing you about your deepest desires, your limiting beliefs, um, memories that you might need to reprogram. And a really, really wonderful thing we can actually do to work with our subconscious mind is to ask ourselves questions before we go to sleep um, and see if they come through in your dream state. Um, sometimes they come through in your dreams, sometimes they might come through the next morning when you're in the shower. Um, I mean, I remember having um, a really, really clear limiting belief come through in a dream and it was like given to me on a plate basically <laughs> in my dream and that I woke up and I was like, oh yeah, that's really helpful. Um, I also remember losing something um, one night and I couldn't find it anywhere. It was a key and I asked my subconscious before I went to sleep where it was. I woke up in the morning and I had no idea still. I got in the shower and as I was in the shower... I had a really clear download that, oh, my key is in my jumper pocket, my 
um, sweatshirt pocket, zip up pocket, and I put it in there last time I went on a run and I went straight to my wardrobe and there it was. So we can start to play with our dreams in that sense. Um, and we can also start to use our um, hypnagogic and our hypnopompic states when we're falling in and out of sleep. So, you know, that, that, space in the morning when you just want to press snooze let's do some multitasking while we're snoozing people if you put a post-it note next to your bed with something you want to reprogram a memory you want to reprogram on it um and you want to you have it next to you so that when you press snooze you see it and you think oh yes okay i i'm I'm allowed to snooze now because i need to go back in i'm going to bring that memory up and i'm going to change the story around that memory so I, I also, or what other tips have I got for you for healing your inner child? So other ways to heal your inner child. We talked about developing a relationship with our inner child and, and connecting with ourselves in playful um, ways. Um, journaling, we've talked about in terms of picking apart those memories. We can also use journaling to reframe those stories that we have around certain memories. So you can use scripting. So you can re-script a memory in your journal. You can retell a story around something that happened to you in a really positive light, in a more empowered way in your journal. Um, And that can be really helpful too. Something else that I find helpful in terms of healing our inner child is looking at the four pillars of reparenting. Now, I learned about these by reading a really amazing book called How to Do the Work by Dr. Nicole LaPera. I highly recommend it. It's quite hefty, um, but it's really in-depth and really, really helpful in terms of healing or inner child but also many other other things as well so if you're really committed to doing this work on yourself I really recommend it as a great text to rely on so um, Dr Nicola Pera um, outlines the four pillars of reparenting as emotional regulation which many of our caregivers as children were not always able to demonstrate to us um, self-care Um, So obviously looking after ourselves, self-soothing ourselves, looking after ourselves like on a basic level, um, like getting in our sleep, um, um, doing kind things for ourselves, childish wonder and loving discipline. So I went off on a bit of an explanatory tangent there. So I'm just going to recap these um, in a succinct way. So the four pillars of reparenting are emotional regulation, self-care, childish wonder and loving discipline and by loving discipline I mean um, you know just in the same way you would if you were looking after a child and you were trying to nurture them back to to happiness or to health you would give them loving discipline you'd 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 change all their bed sheets wash their pajamas and you'd make sure they went to bed at a nice early hour with a nice hot chocolate or warm drink to soothe them you'd give them a bedtime story um you'd make sure they had a really nice healthy proper dinner you wouldn't let them eat um rubbish all day long you'd say no come on we need some nice proper healthy food some nice nourishing food to nourish you back to good health and just in the same way we do need to apply loving discipline to ourselves when we're reparenting ourselves that might be around our spending um how much we're moving um our routines what we're putting in our body um and again this is this is kind of where alcohol comes in isn't it because it's it's a loving discipline that we are applying when we are removing alcohol from our lives 
Um, we have been self-soothing. We've been trying to soothe our inner child with it. And what we've actually been doing when we've been drinking alcohol is the opposite of soothing our inner child. We've been pouring acid on our inner child. We've been drowning out our poor little inner child's voice when it's been feeling vulnerable and unsafe and scared, which is what can happen when our inner child is really triggered. Um, we have poured alcohol on it and drowned it out and numbed it. And now that we've stopped numbing, we can start looking after our inner child properly through those four pillars of reparenting. Now, our inner child is unique and complex. As I said at the beginning, we all had different childhood experiences. We all have bespoke needs um, that are unique to our own experience. Some of us have similarities, but many of us have really unique elements as well. So it's really key that you explore your inner child in depth and what your inner child needs to feel safe and secure. And if anyone listening to this is really thinking they'd like some help and support with unpicking this, then please do reach out to me if you'd like any support. I do offer one-to-one coaching packages um, as well as a group coaching um, support group. In our group coaching, we we have um, sort of I want to say circle time, but it's not because it's for grown-ups. <laughs> um, we have um, like a check-in, we talk about things, and then I do like a little, a little mini workshop with people every week where we look at different elements of things that we might need to heal to help us up-level. Um, so that's great, and that's only £35 a month, and you get two Zoom sessions a month for that. So that's something as an option for you. And of course, one-to-one coaching options. I am also very excited to tell you that in the pipelines, I do have something else coming for you guys. I am currently creating um, an online course called Stop Drinking, Start Manifesting. And it's all about that journey from letting go of alcohol, healing our bodies and really doing that healing spiritual work to start up leveling our manifestation power. So that is on its way guys. I'm looking to launch that in January. If you are interested or excited about the fact that this is coming then do get in in contact with me um, and I can make sure I've put you on my priority list for communication. So if you'd like to um, be contacted with further information about this course um, as it as it is released then do just pop me an email at thrive at coachingbyannika.co.uk and Annika is spelled A-N-N-E-K-A and I'll pop you on my mailing list and I'll make sure that you get all the communication around updates with with that um, that course there. Um, and of course, you can contact me on Instagram at Coaching by Annika, or you can contact me through my website, www.coachingbyannika.co.uk. Um, and yeah, just have a great week, everybody. I hope you found that helpful. Do remember, if you do find, if you do come across anything in your inner child work that you do think, oh, this is really, really sticky, this is really difficult to navigate, I feel really traumatised and triggered, do please reach out to a qualified trauma specialist. Don't do this work on your own. Um, You know, there's lots of support out there for you. Right, guys, then that is it for today's podcast. I really enjoyed talking to you all as usual and looking forward to meeting you right back here 
this time next week. Thank you so much for listening to me today. If you would like to have the chance of winning a free one-to-one coaching session with me, then I'd love it if you could leave me a five-star review. All you need to do is take a screenshot of the review and send it to me at thrive at coachingbyannika.co.uk and I would love to connect with you. If you would like to connect with me further and you'd like to download my free guide, then please go to my website and you can do that and you'll be added to my mail list. Or if you would just like to book in a free discovery call with me, then you can do so via my email address or through my website. All of these links will be in the show notes. And I hope you have a wonderful, magical, sober week. And I will see you this time next week.